Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, ladies, buckle up. It's showtime. Like with those freaks over there in Loser Town. Freaks? They're not freaks. They're people, just like you and me. <laughs> people. People, just like you and me. Good morning, and welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. This job was originally Village Idiot. And Sherry. Originally? Was there a change? <laughs> now, in the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I saw the best social media post yesterday that said, basically, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31, except for January, which has 6,259. <laughs> 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 which, which definitely feels mm. just about right. Really just living the dream. You know, I'm getting to... Uh, I'm getting to live every woman's fantasy of waiting on my husband hand and foot and and our refrigerator died. So, <laughs> yay. Are you going to uh, get a new one right away or try to fix it? What do you do oh, when that happens? I, I went over to the patient and said, hey, where's your wallet? And he goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, it's in my jacket. I said, he goes, what, what do you need? I said, your visa card, because we have to buy a refrigerator. And so I bought it. I literally ordered it online. And I am terrible with, um, I'm just terrible with spatial stuff. Like my brain is missing something. I got out the tape measure. I measured the opening for the refrigerator so many times. And each time <laughs> I would write it down. And then I would put post-it notes on the kitchen island and study them. It's yeah, that was 36 inches all four times. Then I had to go online and I had to find a refrigerator to fit the opening. But also it had to have certain things that the sheriff felt that a, a refrigerator should have. Like he wanted it to be a side by side and and could magnets stick to it? Because a lot of refrigerators now they have this like coating on them where a magnet mm -hmm. won't stick. Mm -hmm. The the opening is so specific of this refrigerator. That I finally went over to him and said, the only refrigerator that will fit in this hole is coming from Aeroflot, okay? Like, I don't know if magnets are going to stick to it or not. I just hope it's cold after we plug it in. So I ordered that, sight unseen, and it, it's going to get here whenever it gets here. And everything's in the, we have a little, like, beer fridge in the garage. I just shoved everything out there and um, and said to myself, well, you know, you are you are not having a boring life. Like, look at all the exciting adventures that you're having. Oh, and I, I told um, Max and Lamar and Doc this, Bob, early, early before you signed in. 
I also um, had fraud on my credit card. They ran up $23,000 worth of fraudulent charges. Whoa, you are having a January. Man. Yeah. (laughs) So um, first I... First, I dealt with that. Like, I, you know, I almost fainted when I opened the, it said, your payment is due. And I opened it. It was like $23,000. Wait a minute. Did, did I buy a leg for my husband? And I don't remember. Like, did I buy a leg on the black market? No. Um, And I'm looking at the transactions. I don't recognize any of them. So, of course, it's a hassle, but, you know, they're not going to hold me responsible for it. No, they won't. They won't. They won't. So, it was, you know, it's really strange. When your when your refrigerator dies, and I did the same thing because our ours did about two years ago, and so you have to have a new refrigerator. I must have measured that thing twenty times because the it's such a tight fit, and 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 you find a refrigerator that's the right size, and you say, really, what's what's the likelihood that it's going to fit in there perfectly, right? Because whoever built this house was not, you know, communicating years ago with the refrigerator people. So what's the likelihood that it's exactly 19 and a half inches or whatever it is. And when they put it in, it's just amazing. Like, Oh, it does fit. It does fit. It's a standard thing. Everybody in the world has agreed that it's a standard thing. Not to sound like everybody's dad, but that refrigerator, we bought it in 2016 like, excuse me for living and thinking that it should last a little bit longer. Like, yeah. aren't, doesn't that seem wrong to you? And it I know does. it's because I was raised by old people who, um, when World War II ended, they bought Kenmore appliances and they stayed, they stayed completely functional until the, everyone died. Like, so I know totally. I have unrealistic expectations, but a refrigerator and I'm, I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. And again, I'm like sounding like everybody's dad. Like, where are my cargo shorts? Okay. Because I'm just like pacing around this house going, I can't believe this. And and my daughter said to me, well, oh my God, mom, wasn't it like six years old? Yes, but they're not. I'm sorry, Lamar. Aren't they supposed to last longer? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. They are. And then, wait. Listen, I got to get it. I got to get some sage and a priest up in here. I almost forgot to tell you about this part. So, you know that I have not gone anywhere because my husband is like unable to leave the house or walk or do anything. So, you know, I kind of before his operation last week, I went to the grocery store. I got everything he needed. Um, I've had people swing by with like Joni came by with some soup for him. We're fine, right? For, pe- for people who his- don't know, Kevin Kevin had a really major ankle operation. Continue. Ankle, leg, foot. Yeah, ortho surgery. Like the whole thing. Like starting at the ground and going up to his knees, the bionic man. But anyway, I'm st- I, I go out and I look out the kitchen window and I'm just kind of staring into space. And my car does this thing where sometimes the windows just go down on their own or the back hatch lifts up. I'm looking outside the back hatch is up. The car is locked. I can see the locks are down, but the hatch is... So I'm like, oh my God. And I'm walking out there to close it. The car has a demon in it. And I said to myself, the only thing this day is missing is a nest of possums in your car. That's the only thing this day is missing. (laughs) To get that corrected is going to be impossible. They'll think you're lying. Or that you they, don't they know already what do. You're talking about I, yeah, see, I brought it you in. You have once to drive and... that car into a pond. 
You have to drive it into a pond and swim out. It has to catch on fire. I took it in and I said, the windows go down by themselves. And sometimes the hatch opens up on its own. And the look on the man's face, here was the look on his face. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Have you ever heard of the internet? I wanted to punch him. Like (laughs) the car actually has a demon in it. But the minute you tell them that the car has a demon in it, you get a note in your chart. So, yeah. So I'm just going to have to wait for it to uh, catch on fire. We'll be it's sold. January. It's, we got something really funny for you straight ahead from the actor Robert Downey Jr. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So Max um, was working on something really fun for us today. And it involves the actor Robert Downey Jr. Now, I did not get to watch the Critics' Choice Awards for two reasons. One, because I'm now a 24-7 nurse. And the second reason was, like, who freaking cares? I'm so tired of these award shows. I know. But we missed some good stuff on this one, Bob. So they they had this award show, and Robert Downey Jr. is a presenter. And he said, well, it's the Critics' Choice. He's going to start reading some of the criticisms of his acting. Here we go. You know, I was just thinking this morning, I just, I love Critics. Um, it's all I think about the uh, so the Critics Choice Association. You know they've given me such beautiful uh, feedback. Really, just so many great moments, and some of it's so poetic. I just want to share some of their thoughts with you <laughs> over the year. The first one's kind of like haiku. Um, Sloppy, messy, and lazy. <laughs> Next one is more metaphoric, like Pee Wee Herman emerging from a coma. Wow. This was from a Brit, a puzzling waste of talent. <laughs> and uh, lastly, in this one lingered, um, amusing as a bedlocked fart. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Wow. He's one of the greatest <laughs> actors in the world. That's amazing. He really is. You know what's so awesome about that? It just shows you that even Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, um, yeah. is more is stung by nasty comments the way that like anybody would be, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was a funny bit, but you could tell he had thought about that. He had thought about what was written about him, even though he's acclaimed in so many productions that he's been in. As someone who's actually stood on a stage and been critiqued by people, you can you can tell it any way you want to and say, I don't know what they're talking about, whatever. It is. But I've got to tell you, it stings what it's said about you, and it's in print. It's got to. Yeah, it, it actually I, has got to. I would not be able to be like... Um a movie th- critic or a theater critic because it would, you know, you're sitting there at your laptop and you're typing out, you know, this is the most cardboard performance. What a waste of oxygen. And you see those words on the screen. I'm like, do you really want to click send on that? This is why I don't mm-hmm. understand internet trolling. Like why do you want to be nasty? Does, doesn't that make you feel gross? And I know that actually it's the opposite for people that get off on that. It's a, it's like a dopamine rush for them to be hey, nasty. Sherry, I don't understand it. We have a critic on board. Let's ask him. Yeah, what we do hell? have a 
But he's not that kind of hateful critic, though. No, no, he's the no. Right, I'm, right. Yeah, exactly. I got nothing. But I only there's have one been problem. things you haven't liked. There's well, been people I, you haven't liked, and you've said things about is, them. I, I well, but but when I say it, it's true. Okay, <laughs> oh. I'm not saying it from anger. I'm not saying it from anything else. From my heart, I'm saying it's true. It really is, and I hope they take my words and correct their behavior. That's what I hope they do. But. You, you know, every once in a while, though, every once in a while, a critic will come through with a zinger that is so perfect. And we were talking about Freddie Got Fingered, that horrible uh, movie that, that, that Max saw. He yeah. said it was the worst movie ever made, and he's not the only one. Yeah. What what was the comment that Ro- was it? Roger, Roger Ebert, Ebert said, I would say yeah. that this is a this is a bottom of the barrel movie, but that's not fair to the barrel. <laughs> this shouldn't even be in the barrel right i'm very careful if i critique something in a negative way i have thought over it i've wrestled with it i've researched it i've prayed about it and it's just the truth and i have to let it out do you want to hear something let it out do you want to hear something that was just said by one of the biggest hollywood stars in the last 30 years and i can't believe that she said this the star is jodie foster And she said, Generation Z are lazy and really annoying to work with. She said she can't get her head around the attitudes she's seen with the younger generation. I always think of her as the younger generation, but of course, you know, that was 30 years ago. She said, Generation Z are really annoying, especially in the workplace. They're like, nah, I'm not feeling it today. I'll come in around 1030. I, well, first of all, you can't take an entire generation to say that about them. But aren't you surprised that she would say that? I publicly? was. I was. But, you know, like, both of my girls are Gen Z. They both have two jobs. They have great grades. They're hustlers. Like, yeah, I think yeah, I don't, that's what I, I mean. I hate, I hate that kind of generalization. And it also makes yeah. you sound like, get off my lawn. You it know? does. Yeah, it yeah. does. Come on. That's Come right. on. We got Morons in the News next. It's Bob and Cherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by EveryPlate. Skip the grocery store and save money with EveryPlate. Ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. It's Bob and Cherry. Don't be a moron. With Morons in the News. Okay, this moron in the news story. I don't know what's going on with this guy. I'm just going to tell you what the police found. Florida man was taken into custody a couple of days ago. After he was spotted in somebody's backyard wearing underwear around his neck, the police said that uh, he got a call about a prowler. And so they showed up. The caller explained when he called the police that somebody was in the backyard near his dock wearing a gray hoodie, black shorts, a dark mask on his face, and underwear around his neck. Police showed up. And they found the guy whose name is Troy Stewart. He's 35 years old. He was discovered lying on his stomach between a tall hedge and thick brush near the seawall. Some other people called and said pretty much the same description of the guy. And one person said that this guy with the underwear around his neck, this is kind of like, you know, his signature, stole $7,000 worth of bonsai plants three weeks ago so the officers went to the guy's house and he would not let them in 
they uh, tried to get in and they saw bonsai plants inside his house, but they didn't fit the description of the stolen bonsai plants. So we don't know at this point whether he is the bonsai plant thief or he's just the guy that goes through neighborhoods wearing underwear around his neck. He was charged with loitering and uh, released on $150 worth of bail. He has to go into court and explain how he got the bonsai plants, that he did not steal them, and, of course, why he loiters in people's backyards because he was chased away wearing underwear around his neck. But I once again say, it's Florida. <laughs> Is it possible trying to keep a bonsai tree alive drove him crazy? That could be it because that could I've never be been able it. to keep you, one you know, alive. You're yeah. right. You're yeah. right. <clears throat> Down in Mexico, there was a bride arrested on her wedding day. She's accused of extortion, and this includes her would-be husband and six other suspects. The woman, identified only as Nancy N., was arrested last month in a joint operation as she was preparing to marry her spouse, another extortion suspect identified as Clemente N., However, authorities were unable to apprehend the groom. He was gone. He goes by the alias Mouse. I'm assuming the couple had not got to the for better or worse part of the wedding before the groom took off. (laughs) The couple was part of a group accused of extorting chicken merchants in Toluca near Mexico City. And they're suspected of kidnapping four workers from a poultry shop. The prosecutor's Mm. office posted photos of the suspects and that are involved in the extortion scheme, as well as a video montage showing Nancy in in handcuffs, still wearing her wedding dress. You know, really, it is true. Wedding videos capture the moments for a lifetime. Uh, the suspects <laughs> allegedly have ties to the familiar Michael Connick drug cartel, and Melissa in who goes by the alias Chicken, allegedly control extortion activities in the region while Nabor N. was identified by authorities as the main hoarder and controller of the chicken and egg trade. Authorities say (laughs) that rival gangs have been fighting for extortion control in the region. The honeymoon has been moved to a later date. In lieu of gifts, the couple is requesting bail money. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite part. Moron of the day, it's 37-year-old Russum Gabretzidik in Baltimore who was apprehended by police wandering around Baltimore wearing nothing but a pair of socks. It is Whoa. cold. It's been cold for weeks in Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, when police arrived, he went inside a convenience store um, wearing nothing but his socks and, and then flew... He flung some feces at the cops, and they do huh. not enjoy that. No. They do not enjoy that. That blank's not going to fly. Well, maybe it no. will. <laughs> they take a lot of that blank, too, yeah, in the course of a week. So they called for backup, and they got out their ballistic shield to fend off the flying feces. And once the backup arrived, they used their shields. They went up three flights of stairs. And they found the man who was now fully clothed and waiting for them at the top of the stairs with a knife in one hand and a machete in the other. Mm. So here's a guy, here's a guy that clearly has some stuff going on and is definitely wanting to be taken into custody. So, you know, the police drew down weapons on him. 
Um, he caught a bullet in the leg, put up no resistance. They tourniqueted his leg to save his leg. Then they arrested him for first degree murder attempts and a bunch of other things. And when you see the guy running around frosty, frigid Baltimore in nothing but a pair of uh, mid-calf length blue men's socks, you're like, my dude, you, somebody wanted to get arrested. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah. You wanted yeah, to yeah, get arrested. Totally. I, mean, I know you're and wondering, way, and no, I can't yeah. tell you where he got the feces that he was flinging at the law enforcement right, officers. Right. <laughs> I do not know. Don't you think, don't you think if you're going to be naked except for your socks that you should at least wear some novelty socks? You know what I mean? Yeah, like something Something, fun. Yeah, something cool. If you yeah. create a blank storm, you're going to get arrested. I'm just telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's my last one. I'm Woo! Doing, I promise. Woo! There you go. So uh, we'll get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up for you today, we have comedian Brian Kiley. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole with a look back. This is the 15th anniversary of the Miracle on the Hudson. And why? After a breakup. You need to block your ex from everything. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. If I pronounce this place incorrectly, I apologize. Neil Brara, Nebraska. Now, if you're cold, they're cold. Bring your pets inside. We talk about this all the time. I mean, pet owners... They, you just have to know if it's cold out there for them, it's cold. You know, you got to get them inside. But one of one Nebraska resident went the extra mile to keep their horses warm in freezing temperatures. They had below zero temperatures, and in Siouxland in, uh, in in Nebraska, the Kelly Rowley decided that her horses would have to stay inside her house. She brought their horses inside so they could get out of the cold weather. And she said when she first brought them in the house, the horses were scared. But once she Mm -hmm. got them calmed down, they hung out. Everything was cool. (laughs) Now, they're full-grown horses. Oh, yes, yes. They're pictures. There's pictures. Uh, These are full-grown horses. Uh, Now, I always knew having a horse was a lot of trouble. I, I know that's a right. lot. It's a lot of care, but I never heard of bringing the horse inside the house. I, I mean, I think that's very sweet, but don't you have a place that the horses stay? I mean, my you live in Nebraska. Barn. Yeah, you yeah. should my have brother a live in Nebraska. and his friend brought a horse into the house in Wyoming during the winter for this very reason. Yeah. How did that go? Just couldn't keep it warm enough outside. Um, it was not unlike today's moron of the day. There was a certain amount of feces being flung <laughs> because the horse isn't have to be. potty trained or a litter box trained. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Right. But he stayed that's warm and that's what mattered. Right? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, I can't imagine that. Although, you know, when I see horses standing out in the rain, I always feel so sorry for them. You just, you just say to yourself, you know, that's wrong. But horse people know what's wrong and what's right, I guess. Well, if anybody's got a horse in the rain, bring it to Bob's house. He feels bad. Bring it on no, in. It's not a problem. No, no, Thank don't. you, Bob. Don't You're always me. giving. You're always giving. <laughs> <laughs> this it's is Bob, Bob and Sherry. Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. It's time. Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Brian Kylie. 
Last week, my wife put together an earthquake plan. In the, in the event of an earthquake, she and the kids are supposed to stand under the doorway. And I'm supposed to stand under the chandelier. <laughs> she went out and bought a chandelier. <laughs> so my wife and I, we recently celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary. And I'm happily married. I know that I'm lucky because 50% of married people say they're unhappily married. Uh, this is going to a poll I took earlier today at my house. <laughs> What's her problem? <laughs> my wife says, every time we watch a movie together, she falls asleep in the first five minutes, every time. She doesn't even know I'm here tonight. <laughs> she thinks the two of us are watching the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> My wife's an amazing woman. She knows a lot about wine, like she knows which wine goes with which breakfast cereal. <laughs> impressive. I call my wife Pumpkin because she always gets smashed around the holidays. My wife's about a foot shorter than I am, so she has no idea that I'm bald. Wait till she finds out. My wife has this guy that she's worked with for years that she refers to as her work husband. They have three kids together. It's going very well. I met my wife on jury duty. Thanks to me, she was acquitted. Oh, you can't trust DNA evidence. My wife's always shocked when I actually know something. Like the other night we're watching Jeopardy. And the question is, what's the tallest building in the world? And I said, oh, that's Burj Khalifa in Dubai. She's like, how do you know that? I said, well, when your parents are living with us, I Googled what should I jump off of? <laughs> That's what came up. <laughs> My wife is a psychology major in college, so she's constantly psychoanalyzing me. When I wanted to fire the pool boy, she said, you feel threatened by young virile males because you're getting older and you're coping with your own mortality. And my argument was, we don't have a pool. <laughs> What is Enrique doing here? <laughs> so we start seeing a marriage counselor, and the woman's given us some very valuable tips. For instance, she said, when you first wake up in the morning, the first thing you should say to each other is, I love you. 
and not you again. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I'm kidding, of course. My wife is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I say that because when I met my wife, I only had like two minutes of material. <laughs> She's really come through for me. That, that was comedian. great. That was so great. That was so it's, great. Every single joke landed beautifully. He is terrific. What was his name And again? his pacing, Brian Kiley. And we'll post yeah. that set along with every comic we've ever featured on Everyone Needs a Laugh at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Go to BobandSherry.com and tell us about a bill you received that shocked you. We're selecting four winners to pay that bill on their behalf. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. I was just thinking the other day, it's... It's just amazing how long Sherry and I have been together, and it's great to have Lamar with us. I mean, we go, when I think of some of the things that uh, you and I did, you know, to get a little publicity for the show, I, I say to myself, oh. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could do that again right now, right? But you're, you're coming up and you're, you're so worried about, is the paycheck going to keep coming in? We got to get publicity out there, you know? And at one point, we went to downtown Charlotte. And in our pajamas, because we're doing morning drive, right? And brought a photographer around. And we're standing there at a bus stop in our pajamas. I think I had a robe on. I'm not sure. And Cherry had on uh, some sort of a nightgown. And uh, the guy's taking pictures. This is at rush hour, by the way. People are going to work. People who have real jobs are going into businesses and, and passing by us. One guy stopped, and I'm not making it up, and said... I hope they're paying you enough. Shook his head and walked away. You remember that? And I had actually, at the time, I had a lot of friends who worked in in that city and uh, were going to work. I was going, oh, please do not, you know, do not do that. And, you know, if you grew up listening to radio, there was always one guy or maybe a couple of guys, very seldom a woman, that would do stunts to get attention. Like they'd go on the air and they'd say, uh, Buckethead is going to be walking naked down Independence Boulevard at uh, nine o'clock. And people would drive to Independence Boulevard at nine o'clock to see Buckethead walking naked. But of course, the name of his dog is naked. And so people were you know, so stupid. Yeah. Painfully stupid. Painfully stupid, jerking listeners around, which we never went to. But I tell you, if we were just starting now, and, and you know, it takes a while to build a show. You know that whole thing that started a few months ago with women, the, the pantsless look where yeah. women were, were oh, showing up? Oh, that would be you. That would be you. We would need well, you to do that. Yeah, I know. That's, that's ex- I'd be the first. You know, even now, there's not a guy that I know of that has has stunted that where See, with the women you know it's it's a kardashian and she's got panties on and she's got i don't know a blazer uh, yeah a blazer yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that so See, you that know, was the difference me, with our show i we right. would do the pantsless trend but it would be you standing there in a shirt right. and jacket with no pants and you have the legs well, for it so please don't oh, go fishing you. for that compliment because you know you do you know you well, do 
Thank you. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that, but thank you very much. Well, I mean, I could go cold, totally pantsless. You know, I'll get arrested. It, it would have, you know, what would it would have to be. Boxers would be too conservative. I'd have to do tidy whities tidy whities and like a, um, a long sleeve polo shirt, right? And, and some sort of shoes. What kind of shoes would jump out? Because you have to have shoes. Um, well, because like, you're a dude, they would need to be like man, like dress kind of shoes. Because that would be the funniest oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I was thinking of hiking yeah. boots might jump out, you know? Yeah, but you don't own those. We'd have to buy them. And you know how Tony is. He'd be like, oh, oh yeah. how much is that going to yeah. cost? Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'd say, you went to a wedding, right? Why don't you use those shoes? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but here's, here's what would happen. I, I'm, I'm uh, downtown in one of our cities in my tidy whities and a uh, long sleeve polo shirt and dress shoes, and it doesn't catch on. So th th that's so instead, I've just made a complete ass out of myself. Yes. And that is exactly what would happen. And because the men that you know don't follow this kind of stuff, they don't know about the no pants trend. So I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. picturing your, your old <laughs> golfing buddy whose name is also Bob. Well, now, Bob, I don't understand why there's a photograph of you on the highway where you're not wearing any pants. <laughs> oh, well, Bob, it's, true. it's the no, we're making fun of the no pants trend. I'm afraid I don't understand, right. Bob. Uh, why, why, why are you not? Tell me again why you're not wearing your pants. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. Because they don't follow those things. You know, if you're and a you, guy, and you have to you do would, a show like this to do it. And, and then here Bob would enter into put his tap shoes on and Bob would be like, well, it started with the Kardashians and then, you know, uh, Kanye's wife, Bianca, and then it's everywhere and it's all over TikTok, and, you know, all these women without their pants. And then he, in the well, middle now, of Bob, it, he walks I, away. I got to hit the ball, Bob. Yeah. Good luck to you. Woo. Bob, I, I can understand why the women are not wearing the pants. I, what I don't understand, Bob, is why you are not wearing your pants on a billboard on the highway. <laughs> How far away are we? Seriously. How far away are we from uh, people just walking around naked? How many I, I, years away I think is we're that? Pretty far away from that. Hopefully, really? Hopefully, yeah, a I don't long know. way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's going to come to pass. No. I, I don't mean naked going, you know, dropping your kids off at school. I, I'm talking about just you know, naked walking into uh, a club. Right? No. A dance club or, no. or uh, certain restaurants. You can be, you'll be totally naked. <laughs> I no. think there are, you can go do that now at like, there, aren't there restaurants on, on like nudist? Sure. Uh, call them oh, yeah. But yeah, you, know, you could still do that. Nudist camps. I mean, have you ever really seen a nudist camp? I've never seen one. I've never I've seen, driven, I've, seen I've never beaches. been to one. <clears throat> I've never been to right. one, but I've seen, like I've seen them online, stories about them online, and they always have names right. like uh, Whispering Pines or Golden yeah, Pines. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't associate the pine tree with anything I want to sit down next to if I'm naked. I know. But you're or nudist. Volleyball. They do love a pine tree. They do and love volleyball. themselves a coniferous they, they, evergreen. Yeah. They love volleyball for some reason. We interviewed a guy who was a minister at a nudist camp one time. That's right. We did. Yeah. And he just said, you take a towel with you everywhere and you sit on the yeah. towel. You sit on the towel. That's right. There you go. 
It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Okay, I have something kind of weird and strange for you, but it's very compelling. And I thought, I thought you guys would all maybe like to hear this. So last month, December 20th to be exact, 2023, a pilot uh, flying a small plane, a Piper Cherokee Arrow, private pilot, uh, was flying from Pittsburgh to Frederick, Maryland, when he reached out to air traffic control and reported a very unusual encounter. So those um, air traffic control transmissions and communiques are typically public, and this one is. So the pilot was about 50 miles northwest of the airstrip in Frederick, Maryland, when he reached out to air traffic control um, to report an object he said was approximately 30 feet tall. He says, it's, I'm not sure what it is. Um, and air traffic control responds and they talk about it. And we have the audio. So let me just explain this before we play it. The, when you listen to air traffic control audio, and there are multiple channels on YouTube that collect this, because a lot of people are kind of, it's kind of like train spotting. A lot of people yeah. have a hobby of this kind of thing. And it's very right. interesting to listen to, even when it's just, you know, like American Airlines landing in Atlanta or whatever. So if you're into right. it, it's it's a really cool thing. Um, but when you hear air traffic control pilot audio, there's always a big gap. Now, for us in radio, it feels like a lifetime. It's a couple of seconds where you'll hear the pilot, then there's a couple of seconds silence, and then you hear air traffic, and then silence. You follow me. So in order to make this clip um, listenable for this, for us, for radio, Doc edited out the silent pauses so that it all runs together. But we will share the original clip. This is this has not been, other than Doc taking the um, silence out, the original clip is the raw air traffic audio, no manipulation. It has been validated. It's completely legit. Let's listen. Yeah, you said it was 30 feet tall? It was pretty tall, probably about 30 feet tall. It was going the uh, opposite direction of us. November 024, was it moving at a fast pace? It was moving the way. Confirm it for 30024. We're starting our descent. November 02, arrow 0. What did the object look like? Uh, it's kind of hard to describe. It was uh, just tall and uh, pointy. Like a triangle? It was in the shape of the triangle. It was uh, bottom and flat on top. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Do we have a picture of it? That uh, for three zero zero report did not appear to be any danger. Wow. So the pilot has a picture. I haven't found that yet. I'm looking for it. Very interesting, isn't it? We are living in such an interesting timeline. Yes. 30 it's, foot it's tall. It's interesting how everybody was uh, just very calm. You know, there was no, I mean, that's, if I saw something like that, are. I was... Yeah. And Derek Trapp. It is yeah. true. Yeah, they're Bob, calm. They're calm. You and I don't get, we don't make it past the first interview for those jobs. They don't hire no. people like us. <laughs> they hire people like that. And I've listened to a lot of air traffic control audio because I, I, I'm i a dork with no life. But, I mean, even when there's an incident unfolding, you know, where there's an emergency or whatever, there's cool as cucumbers, all of them. But this pilot in that Piper Cherokee 30 feet tall, kind of weirdly triangular shaped, moving really fast about 6,000 feet off of his wing, and he has a picture. 
So when did I, this happen? I await your debunking. December 20th, 2023, less than a month ago. And he has a picture. Where's the picture? I just said I can't find it yet. I'm looking for it. Um, yeah. I'm amazed. You know what? I'm not. Let me rephrase that. It, once upon a time, I would have been amazed that the audio got out. But because I firmly believe that whatever the heck is going on, we are in the middle of soft disclosure. I think that they're no longer censoring this stuff. The more of it that gets out there, the more habituated we get to just weird crap. And after a while, you know, like, like this, like we, here we are, we're playing this random crazy audio on the show. It's completely legit. It's not like some sort of secret X-Files. And everyone's like, huh, can't wait to see the picture. That's a big, big difference than where we were even five years ago. Think about it. You know, if this were a movie, uh, they, they would develop the picture and there'd be nothing there. <laughs> well, there, are, there is some, I don't want to get too woo-woo. That's why I started another podcast so that I could have a place to do that. But <laughs> I don't want to get too woo-woo, but there are a lot of theories about yeah, it's that. interesting. It really is. Yeah. I would feel yeah. better. I would feel better if he had went ahead and sent that picture to somebody else. I don't want him to be the only person with the to only. To be the only thing, one you with know it. What I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, you're right. I will. I will dangerous, remind you dangerous. guys that off the coast of Catalina Island, California, near the, one of the naval air stations down there, um, a few months ago, it was re- there was a document release and. Um, military personnel describing um, a dark triangular object, you know, about 30 feet tall over the Oh, Station I didn't know there. that. Is that right? Wow. No one wow. does. And I know, I know that most, most of y'all probably think I'm a kook. That's fine. That's nope. fine. Nope. My own family thinks it. Like, what do I care what anybody else thinks at this point um we'll post a link to this audio but you tell me like lamar you tell me um when did you ever expect to see the day when this kind of stuff will be mainstreamed like this no and 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 i think you're right because more and more stuff is easing out and i because i think they know they're going to have to come clean they got to come clean they got to come clean and it's better gradually than all at once. It's better to get yep. people so that by the time the news comes out, a lot of people will be like, well, that's not a surprise. I mean, look at everything that's been happening. Yeah, That's yep. where we are. I think I think we're right in the middle of that. So we'll get this posted up on the uh, Bob and Cherry Facebook and yeah. you know, check it out for yourself and decide for yourself what it is. Swamp gas, moth, Chinese weather balloon. Who knows? It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. The question is, do manners still matter? Um, people, We get more and more relaxed about where we go, what we do, how we treat people. I've got a list of the top manners that people think may be dying out. I want to Number hear one, not using your phone when at the table. Right. Number two, ladies first, allowing the lady to walk in front of you. I always right. let the lady yeah, walk in I front. Uh, right, right. Never, never swearing. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I don't follow that. 
uh, saying please and thank you when requesting something. I do that. Right. Uh, right. Keeping elbows off the table when eating a meal. No. That's how I surround my food so nobody can get to it. I get my <laughs> elbows up. I can keep you off my food. So, you know, now. Uh, right. Giving up your seat on public transportation to someone who may need it more than you. Yeah, I won't right. sit if there's a lady or an older person standing up. Uh, holding right. the door open for people who may be behind you. Always do that. I, in fact, once I hold it open, I sit there and let 48 people walk through. Uh, right. Waiting, waiting for your host to seat you at a meal. I don't know about that at the house. I mean, I, in a restaurant or whatever. Uh, shaking hands when you greet someone. Always, I, it's, I know it's a big deal now, but I still shake hands if they will, if they'll mm-hmm. shake. Covering mm-hmm. your mouth and your nose when you cough. If you don't do that, <laughs> nobody will be around you. You're um, an animal. Yeah. Yeah. Saying sorry for minor things. Yep. Chewing with your mouth closed. <laughs> yeah, that keeps the, that keeps the food from falling out. So I try to do that. I don't want <laughs> yeah. it to fall out. Right. Waiting for everyone to be served their meal before I start eating. Well, I'll wait a little bit, but you better hurry it up, okay? I ain't got all day. Uh, saying, excuse me to get someone's attention. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty polite, except for that yeah. cussing deal. Yeah. The saddest, we're out of time, but the saddest one there is when you see a guy, he's been married forever, and he's walking about five steps ahead of his wife. Oh, God. Or, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's such an insult to her. I wish they wouldn't do it. I wish we wouldn't do it. It is. It is. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook it's page. Back time. You can call us on the phone at 844-52-SHERI. Or you can grab our app in Google Play or the App Store. And you can use it to listen to the show and all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar and True Weird Stuff and the Oddcast. And you can text the studio and enter contests and all sorts of stuff. Plus, there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. If you tap it and talk, the app will do the rest. Hey, Bob, Sherry. This is J.D. Haven't called y'all in quite a few years, probably 20 years. Just heard a young lady on the radio say that she had her car stolen and told the whole story. Just thought y'all might like to hear this little tidbit. Some odd years ago, worked at a car dealership. Actually worked with an employee that was sick one day, he claims. Let him borrow my vehicle to actually go home to get some medicine. Ha, he never come back. Wouldn't answer his phone. Couldn't find him. Called the police. They can't find him. Next day comes around. Friend of mine calls me, tells me he just seen my vehicle. I call the police, tell them where. They catch him, call me, tell me to come get my vehicle. I get there. My vehicle's still running. My clutch pedal is on the floor. All of my stereo systems stole out of my vehicle. Got a brand new $300 coat that I had just bought in the car. He was arrested with it on. They found drugs in the vehicle. When I get there, the cop asked me, he says, excuse me, I just need to ask, when he was arrested, he copped to the cocaine in the vehicle, but he said that the marijuana was not his. So I need to ask you, <laughs> is it yours? I simply looked at the cop and said, I don't know what you're talking about, officer, because everything in the vehicle, if it was illegal, he stole my vehicle. None of that's mine. The cop looked at me, laughed. 
He said, well, I have to ask. Oh, yeah, by the way, if he can't take a joke, screw him, I guess. Got in his car and left. Anyway, <laughs> have a good day. Love the show. J.D., you where you what? been? 20 years. You know what? <laughs> J.D., if you had said, yeah, the weed's mine, you would have been the moron of the day. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's anybody right. Anybody would be that stupid. All right, we I have another one. I love how he's calling his car a ve- his vehicle. I went his to the vehicle. vehicle. The vehicle was stolen. I recovered the vehicle, you know, almost like he's a cop himself, right? I mean, that's how they refer to it. Yeah. JD has a serious adult person job. I don't know what it is, but only yeah. serious adult people jobs call their cars vehicles. All right, we have another one, I do believe. Hey, Bob and Sherry, Lamar, and Max. This is Deanna from Wilmington. Um, you talk about Flo and Jamie or on the progressive commercials a lot, but did you know I found out over the Christmas break that they are actually married and have been for 20-plus years? Just thought you'd want to know. So, you know, I did an I team uh, investigation on this and found that they are not married to each other. However, they are both married. Uh, Jamie has been married to the same woman for over 20 years. And um, I, Courtney Stephanie, I think is her name. Uh, the Stephanie, one that, yeah. uh, the place flow. She's been married. I want to say for about 18 years. So I look, but not to each other. They are both married to different people. So. He doesn't look old enough to be married twenty years, does he? Does he? Does he just have that perpetually yeah. youthful look? Yeah, he's one of those guys that has that perpetually yeah, yeah. youthful look. I just have to say, and I don't know if you feel this way, Bob, um, but when I think about like Jamie from Progressive, able to clock that kind of longevity in a marriage, I don't feel good about I myself. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Guy can't get an axe out of a uh, stump, and yet somebody wants to be with him for yeah. 20 years. Yeah. I've got- All right, coming up, we're going to take you down the rabbit hole. It is this week we mark the 15th anniversary of the miracle on the Hudson. And if you wow. happen to be in front of a TV that day and you saw that giant jet floating in the river, that was a moment. Plus, why you absolutely 1 million percent should go no contact after a breakup. It's all coming up next. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, go. This week marks the 15th anniversary of the incredible miracle on the Hudson. And Doc has this for you. It was intense. It was sudden. Just 100 seconds after takeoff, we were suddenly confronted with this ultimate challenge of a lifetime. The A320 paralyzed after encountering a flock of geese. Air traffic controllers jumping into action to find a quick landing site. Actually, 1529. We can get it for you. Do you want to try to land 1913? We're unable. We may end up in the Hudson. Too far to return to LaGuardia. Controllers suggesting an emergency landing at nearby Teterboro Airport. Okay, which runway would you like at Teterboro? We're going to be in the Hudson. We had only a few minutes to decide where on the Earth's surface we should land. I had to make sure that happened to the best possible place. And it happened to be right here. The only place in our gliding distance that was long enough, smooth enough, wide enough even to attempt landing a large jet airliner. This was your landing strip. We made a runway out of a river. Inside the plane, Eric Stevenson prepares for the worst at seat 12F. As we were going down, I'm thinking, well, these are the last seconds. I pulled out a business card and I wrote on the back of the business card and to my mom and to my sister, I love you. 
and, and I shoved it into my pocket because I thought if the aircraft exploded or we were, it, at least it would be near my body and they knew I was thinking of them as we were going down. Down the aisle, at seat 19F, Jim Whitaker volunteers to protect the flight's youngest passenger. I asked this very brave, courageous woman if I could hold her baby, because that was obviously the smallest passenger on board. And if anyone was going to survive, hopefully it was going to be this one. Seconds later, the unthinkable. There is an airplane down in the Hudson River right off Manhattan. Hit the water pretty hard. I just saw the big splash when the plane just bounced over the water. The aircraft splashing to a halt, narrowly missing the skyscrapers of midtown Manhattan. But the nightmare was far from over. I cracked my sternum on, on the impact, and when I hit that water that was 36 degrees, I honestly thought that maybe I wasn't going to make it then. When the plane hit the water and the water rushed in the back of the plane, it was frigid cold, and that's how I knew I was still alive. The water was up to here, and it was 35-degree water, so it was like needles. I've survived this impact, and now I'm going to drown back here. That was my scariest moment. On the shore, ABC's Robin Roberts witnessing the crash from her apartment overlooking the Hudson. It was uh, just a, an amazing landing. The fuselage never broke up or anything like that. He understood how to fly that aircraft without power. And if you watch the way he landed it, that was a bit of piloting expertise. The terrifying flight turning into a miraculous rescue. Within minutes, local ferry boats rushed to rescue the passengers standing on the wings. I was looking at them through the window and I was like, oh my God, I hope we can get all of them. When you see an aircraft go down like that, you're worried that nobody's going to get out. There, actually, you're getting the first view of it. We can just see the tail of the U.S. airplane sticking up over the water. There are a number of ferries right around it. The first New York waterway ferry arrived three minutes 55 seconds after we had touched the water. Remarkably, all 155 souls on board surviving, including that baby tucked into Jim Whitaker's arms. It's amazing how tough children are, but a nine-month-old baby turned sideways can be held just like a football. And at 150 miles an hour hitting that water, it was truly an amazing experience that that child didn't even cry until we came to a complete stop. Ever the heroic pilot, Sully is the last one to leave the plane. I was on pins and needles for four terrifying hours until finally that evening, still in the hospital being evaluated, I got the word that it was official. Everyone Every, was accounted everyone for. Everyone was safe. And only then could I feel the weight of the universe being lifted off my heart. That weight of the universe is now known as the miracle on the Hudson. Was it a miracle? No, it was hard work on the part of many people and an entire industry over many decades. So it was everyone pulling together to not let anyone die. Wow. Wow. Oh. <laughs> wow. I, I have seen this plane in a museum. And it is, um, it is an, an amazing thing to see. So not only do they have the plane, but they have all of the things they recovered from the plane now as part of the museum pieces with this. Mm. And I have to tell you that when you see it, it really brings home what actually happened here and how incredible it is that everybody survived this. Yeah. I, I just, when you... You know, I thought I had heard every soundbite, but holding the baby like a football oh, yeah. at 150 miles an hour, wow. 
Um, let's get that. We'll post this. Uh, we'll post this up. Sure. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. That yeah, baby yeah. now is 15 years old and giving his parents grief about all kinds of things. I just thought that I would point that out right now. I didn't no. ask to be born. Yeah. yeah. I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> I didn't ask to be shaved all the Hudson. I didn't ask to be carried like a football at 150 miles an hour. We'll get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox? Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this. I can't believe this. All right, so this comes to us from a heartbreak coach based in the UK. Now, many of us, if we really thought about it, could probably put heartbreak coach on our resumes, but this guy is an actual heartbreak coach. And here's what he says. When you go through a breakup, whether it's a breakup or even a divorce, as long as there are not children involved, you should go 100% no contact with your former partner. You need to block them on your phone Mm. and take them off and block them on your social media no temptation. Don't if they try to text you, you won't even see it because it'll be blocked and you are forbidden from reaching out to them. And he said the reason for this is when people break up um, and they stay in contact, it really delays the healing process because the human brain is programmed to close loops and they call it the zygarnic effect. It's this tendency to focus more on something that's unfinished than something that's been completed. So you went through the breakup and your brain is really dwelling on it, dwelling on it, dwelling on it, instead of focusing on the things that are that you have completed and moved forward with. And that unfinished business causes you to dwell on it, which makes it really difficult to let go. And it causes you to remember all of the details of the relationship, not just the bad things that led to the breakup, but the good things too. Because if have and anybody who's been through a breakup knows exactly what that feels like. You're like, yeah, you know, he was, he or she was this, that, and the other, but you know, we did have some good times. Have you not been there yourself? I think that makes sense to yeah, uh, stop all contact. I, I really do. I, the only thing I wonder about is sometimes, you know, you're uh, dating someone and it could be for uh, a period of years. It could be two, three years and it doesn't work out for whatever reason. And you break up and that's very painful. But then down the road, you know, you say, well, I'm glad I didn't, you know, marry her or, or women say, I'm glad I didn't marry him. But he did have some good qualities. And I can think of two or three people that I broke up with, and they were very nice people. And with one or two of them, I am friendly years and years later. I wonder what this expert thinks about something like that. This is what, and he's got a lot of backup, including like this professor at um, Stanford. You have to go no contact in the beginning. You don't have to go no contact forever. But one of the other things that happens when you go no contact, it allows your brain to reset your dopamine, right? Mm -hmm. And this is where the Stanford connection is. A Stanford biologist named Dr. Robert Sapolsky said that dopamine rises in anticipation of a reward 
and it peaks when that uncertainty is highest. So when, when we think about relationships, anticipation rises from chasing someone and it's peaking when you're not sure if you're going to catch them, right? But if you chase a person who gives you mixed signals, all you get is the, you get this dopamine rise, but you don't get the endorphins of like win of the victory, right? You dopamine, mm -hmm. your dopamine goes up and then it crashes up and crashes. And your, your ex could be doing something completely innocent, like just texting to make sure you're okay. But your, your brain chemistry is like, maybe, maybe he's regretting this breakup or maybe she wants to talk about it. All right. sorts of um, toxic things can happen. And so according to this, and it's, this is blowing up all over TikTok right now, but according to this, just like 30 days minimum, absolute no contact, see how you feel at the end of that. And then maybe you can begin lifting that. Maybe you can open back up your Instagram or unblock them from your phone. What do you think? Would, would that have, when you look back on breakups in your own life, would 30 days no contact it, even have made that's a too soon even that is it's too, too soon. soon i think I it's more like Max. 6 months at least okay. at, at least, least. Okay. yeah i let's be real honest here this makes perfect sense i think it's absolutely 100% great advice it's absolutely the best way to go as we're sitting here talking about it but then when it happens to you you go well, this is different. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. This yeah, is different. True. Yeah, that's good for that's them. True. But for me and this other person, yeah. this is a different deal for us. This is completely yeah. different. <laughs> this doesn't apply to us. We're far more, advice, we're far more involved than that. We'll Easy get this to posted. give, hard to take. <laughs> we'll get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook because you know that one of the biggest breakup periods of the year is approaching. A lot of breakups happen right before valentine's day so bookmark this one you might need it it's bob and sherry bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour thursdays at 7 p.m eastern live live on the bob and sherry facebook page so if you are just joining us for the first time today sherry was talking about if you break up from somebody People who study that sort of thing say no contact, nothing. Don't look at their Facebook page. Don't. It's nothing. They are gone out of your life, at least for a period of time. So on the other side, how do you uh, how do you cut down on the likelihood that you are going to break up with somebody? You know, it seems like a waste of time when you look back on it. You know, you 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 met someone. And then two years go by and you say, you know, we're not right for each other, whatever, and all the problems begin. So how do you, uh, how do you make sure that you don't date the, right, the wrong person? According I to certainly this, don't know. <laughs> I know. or I don't know either. According to uh, something on Hinge, they did a study on the dating app Hinge, and they found out that about two-thirds of daters think hearing somebody's voice helps them gauge their interest. So like on Hinge or any of the dating sites, you don't hear somebody's voice, I guess. But if there's a way to hear their voice, it will affect how you feel about them, which seems unfair because, you know, let's just take men as an example. If a guy's got sort of a weak voice and, and maybe he's a really cool guy and a very um, masculine guy, but if you've got a weak voice, you know, a woman might say, well, I just, you know, I can't live with that sort of thing. 
but evidently it does come into play. And if you just think about it, if somebody's voice is kind of annoying, do you want to hear that the rest of your life? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I adored the late comedian and actor Gilbert Gottfried, but can you imagine? Sherry! <laughs> Sherry! Oh, no. I know. No. I mean, that's the ultimate example. But just somebody with a voice that you're just not all that enamored with, evidently down the road, that's kind of that's going to come into play with whether or not you want to be with this person. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry archive vault for sean hello sean hello okay seemed like a good idea what was it buddy my wife and i started a small goat herd and we were worried about the coyotes in the area so we decided to get a llama to protect the goats oh we get these calls every day we gotta go is that the customary practice to have like a watch llama well they're they're pretty good Watch animals, actually. They're really protective, and they're extremely strong and, and good to, to uh, they can actually kill a coyote pretty easily. I've never known this about llamas. You think of them as such sweet, you know, with their big brown eyes and long eyelashes. You think of them as sweet creatures, but it turns out that they're kind of aggressive? That's, that's what we found out. Okay. Um, they're, everyone we talked to said, oh, yeah, llamas are really peaceful and nice, and they're just the greatest companions and uh we this is a case of just not doing enough research before we went out and did it so we we went out and we picked up this llama from a farmer he he had one llama for his whole farm and he'd had kids over there for years the llama had no problems it was a male unneutered llama and i think that's where we really messed up we get this llama home and the very next day, my wife and I go out into the field as usual. We're feeding the goats. And I go into the stall, and the llama follows me in. And at first, everything's fine. Then it's like, out of nowhere, this llama just flips out, starts ramming me with its neck, pushing me up against the stall wall. Oh, my God, a llama right? attack. Oh, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. It, it wasn't until that point that I realized this is a 300-pound animal. Was, was, he tr- was he trying to, I hate to even think this, Sean, become amorous with you? I don't think so. I know you don't I want think... to say that, Sean, but that's what it sounds like to us. Well, it was... It was a dominance thing, though. Honestly, he wanted I think to... I would have preferred that. Um, well, hey, we're not going to doing... judge. We won't judge. Those no. big eyes? Right. They're fetching. Well, it was... It was terrifying. It, it was a that. dominance thing. Sherry was right, right? He was showing I, you who was the male boss? Well, after doing some research about it, we found out that male llamas don't like other male llamas in their territory. And he he had no problem with my wife. He saw it you as me. a threat. It yeah. was you. What was it like? What did he do? He, you said he used his head to, uh, to push you against the wall? They've got really strong necks. And the, he tried to ram me against the wall with his neck. He tried yeah. to... They're just... They're all peace... And neck. He and was was he biting at you? Like was, crazy. He, was he biting you? He was trying to bite me. I just trying to fend off his face. And he was screaming. You know what I'm? I'm, oh. get, I'm, I'm getting this like the birds, the movie, the birds, yeah. except the llama. So he's Similar screaming llama. and he's snapping at they you have, with his face. What do llama screams sound like, Sean? It's this blood curdling, like ah! 
it, it really sounds like a, a human screaming at you. It's awful. I would have cried like a girl. If I had a, a long-necked llama screaming at me and butting my head against the wall, God. Yeah. What did you do? And, what did you do, Sean? Well, my wife is, is terrified as well. She's off to the side. I'm telling her to stay out of the stall, and, and I'm just trying to wave his teeth away. I figured that, that was the most dangerous part. So you and said to your wife, don't come in here. Don't come in here. Save yourself. Yeah, exactly. That's what I would have done. I told her to get out, and I was. I tried to get... We have uh, fence rails. I was just trying to get to the fence rails, but yeah. he kept blocking me. He blocked you. me back. He, he wanted to kill me. I'm pretty sure. It, it sounds like the llama wanted to end your life. So, so finally, how did you get away? I was able to just make a break for it and, and hurled myself over the rails, ended up on the ground on the other side of the fence. Were you screaming back at him while he was screaming at you? I, I would have done that. I tried it. I tried that. It just seemed to make him more aggravated. Uh. Um, so I get up, and I'm just, my face is black and blue. I'm covered in spits and cuts. And, oh, it was disgusting. So do you still have that llama? No. No, no. He went back about three days later back to the farm. What, what was, was his, his name? name? What was his name? Uh, Dolly. Dolly the Llama. Hello, Dolly. Oh, he was misnamed, it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> That's why he was the pissed Dolly off. Llama. I get it. Yeah, the do- yeah, I get it. I'm I some saying oh, he's yeah, misnamed. The Dolly Llama. Because the Dolly Llama was peaceful. Yeah. See, this one's not. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Nominate a teacher to win a Florida vacation by going to the contest tab at bobandsherry.com. We'll pick one weekly qualifier to win Bob and Sherry swag, and they're entered to win the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida. A three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, with round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. Show your appreciation for a deserving teacher. Nominate them at bobandsherry.com. The faculty of Lake Superior State University in Michigan releases their annual list of words they say deserve to be banished. Some are phrases, some are just single words. Would you like to hear what these educators say? It is what it is. (laughs) That is the most depressing statement. Like something is happening to, to you or your friends or your job or the world or whatever. And you, right. you tell somebody about it and they go, it is what it is. And what it is is terrible. <laughs> and that, it's just the, it's such a bottom line, like downer. Don't you think it, it gives the person who says it permission to walk away from your problem. All right. Yeah. So irregardless, educators yeah. have hated this word yeah. forever. Just say regardless. Um, does that make sense? That is an aggressive response. It is. I'm guilty somebody of that is, one. How is that aggressive? Um, somebody is running a meeting and you say something and they disagree and come on strong telling you why you're wrong and then cap it off by saying, does that make sense? You I got, think that's how it, I it, use it. Oh, I, I, I've seen people use that and and it's like... What you just said is really stupid. I've just told you why it's stupid. Does that make sense? <laughs> what, what What are you going to say? No. Amazing. She's amazing. Her hair is amazing. His golf swing is amazing. What do you think? Is that is the word amazing been overused? 
Probably. I mean, but the, I mean, sometimes the mashed potatoes are amazing. Like we can all agree you have had amazing mashed potatoes, but yeah. not everything is just amazing. Like what's, right. where do we have room for actual amazement? Like if the skies parted and here comes the fist of Jehovah, like if, That's if the mashed potatoes were amazing, what do I have? But, yeah. your, but, <laughs> but your sister's eyebrows, she had them done at the mall. Are they really amazing? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, this one, does this not sound like uh, something that you and I, Sherry, would hear at a meeting with uh, a consultant? Bob and Sherry, moving forward, we're going to be <laughs> oh, looking I, 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 at this sort of a format change or whatever. Moving forward. I hate, I hate when I they hate tell it. us about moving forward. Have you met us? We do two things. We dig in right. and refuse to budge. Or we moonwalk yeah. backward. This moving That's right. forward thing. And and you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, number four is the word gaslighting, which has in the last year really become, I think mostly because of uh, its use in political circumstances, has been used a lot more than it used to be used. Would you agree? Gaslighting? Yes, but I don't. I think that people are just now sort of coming to grips with what that means and how many ways it happens to us. It happens to us in relationships. It happens to us at work. It happens to us in the world. I don't think mm -hmm. we're done with. I don't think we're done with gaslighting. Do you? Okay. No, probably not. No. Number three uh, in the list of the uh, banished words for the year is quiet quitting, which became a thing. And quiet quitting you know, we talked about it on the show, is you're ready to get out of this job that you do not like. And you're just not quite giving it 100% because you know down the road you're going to be gone. You know, there's a, um, a, a cousin to that called quiet firing that uh -huh. we've actually seen happen a lot. In fact, I ran into a former coworker over the break mm -hmm. and just, she described what some things that had happened to her. And she was quiet fired. Quiet firing is when, so if quiet quitting is you're showing up for work, but you're just basically a warm body in the chair, right? Right. Quiet firing is you're showing up for work and they've taken your chair and your computer and suddenly you're not getting hours. And it turns out there are these meetings that other, your coworkers are attending that you weren't on the invite list. We've right. all seen that, haven't we? They're pushing you out the door, but they don't want to fire you for whatever reason. Number two, inflection point. We've reached the inflection point, Bob and Sherry. The number one word that should be banned is GOAT, the greatest oh, of all time. As in Tom Brady, Serena. What do you think, Max? You, you This is used in sports probably I, I, more I, than I, anywhere I just, else. I get tired of it. I really do. Yeah. It used yeah, to be the goat was somebody who was, was a scapegoat, who yes. was somebody who did something poor for your team. That's exactly right. And then it became the greatest of all time. I agree. I think it should go. It's Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. Foods and drinks people are only pretending to like. Now, this is according <laughs> to the people. This is according to the people who uh, post this. Oysters. They taste like dirty seawater and have the texture. I don't even want to say what they say the texture is. You can probably guess. You know, I get that. And I mean, 
I, I don't think I've ever been out with a group of people and somebody's ordered oysters on the half shell that somebody else, someone in the group didn't say, oh my God, how can you eat that? There's just something about the oysters on the half shell and clams for me, especially on the half shell. Nothing tastes more like the ocean than those two products. Look, I, you know, I love oysters cooked raw. So I, this one I do disagree with, but I get that I other do. people are grossed out. Yeah. Yeah. American cheese. This person says, I don't know how anyone likes this plastic fake food. It's the processed cheese product, you know, deluxe American slices with the individual plastic. I think they're right. I do think they're right. It's not really cheese, is it? Yeah, it's I don't get it. Although some people will tell you it's the only way to make a grilled cheese. But man, I don't get it. You know, um, I'm I'm just going to be honest. If you give me that, the American cheese slice and it's grilled cheese, at a certain point, I'm going to take it and like it, especially if I'm eating some Campbell's tomato soup with it. I, it's just, it is such a comfort well, food and takes you back I mean, to your yeah. childhood. You'll eat it. It's kind of like the green smoothie. You'll eat it and it, mm-hmm. it but you, like it. It fills yeah. you up. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Escargot, the sheer amount of melted butter and garlic it's served in tells me that no one actually likes the snail part. They are rubbery, and I do agree that the uh, butter-slash-garlic mixture makes them, but um, I like them. I can see how people are disgusted by them because, I mean, they're snails, right? It's the sort of thing where, okay, I, I tried that. Yeah, okay. I never need to order it again. I mean, I've never. It's, you don't it's not like, like them? You don't like escargot? I'm I'm indifferent. It tastes, mm-hmm. it's it's so buttery and there's a dirty quality to it too. There's like a, a gr- I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the next one is, bl- and this comes up all the time. I'm kind of surprised. Black licorice. This person says it's the worst flavor and it lingers. I like Bob, it. Bob, I've read, and I can't remember where, it was a long time ago, that liking black licorice is the same as liking cilantro. It's genetic. You either oh, have right? a gene. Some people have an actual gene that makes cilantro taste like soap. Uh-huh. And some people have a, a gene that makes black licorice disgusting. How are you with really? cilantro? Like, do you like cilantro? I'm fine. Or is it soapy yeah, to you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not so crazy you, about it. If I don't have it on a taco or something, I, you know, I'm not going to cry about it. But, but it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't taste like soap to you. No, no, Isn't no, that no, interesting? That's in that your is. genes. Yeah. The next person says super hot chili sauces. They burn the inside of your mouth to the point where you cannot tell what the food is that they put it on. I kind of agree. You know, I think there's a certain person who just says, man, you can't make it too hot for me. We had a friend, right, who uh, we were having lunch with them one day, and uh, he said, we were talking about hot sauces, and there was a Tabasco bottle right there, a small one, and he downed it, didn't he? He shot the whole Tabasco right down there. I love Tabasco. I can put it on anything, but if it gets much hotter than that, yeah, I kind of yeah, agree. You can't taste it. I agree. It. And finally, well done steak. It destroys the flavor and texture. Oh, uh-huh. You may as well just uh-huh. save yourself some money and buy chicken instead. Uh-huh. Well, 
I just like eat a salad. You don't, medium you know. well, anyway. Medium well. So, okay. Yeah, well, you like a lot of things that are questionable. So, you know, what are we going to do? Live and let live, right? Yeah. I'm not going to fight yeah. you on that one, okay? I do. I like a lot of questionable <laughs> things. And you're allowed to. You know why? Because you're a person. But some of them are, you're a person, just like everybody else. <laughs> some of those questionable things are not a part of my life anymore. And we miss them. Okay, mm-hmm. on that note, it's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So we are talking about things that men should steal um, from women. Not actual items, but just lifestyle choices. So women are suggesting these things. Be responsible for yourself and the household just as much as your girlfriend or wife is. I yeah. agree. I agree. We yeah. do have to do that. Don't make fun of your guy friends for being vulnerable or if they were a victim of something. Hey, seriously. Yeah, that's a pretty serious one there. Okay, guy here. I'll say it. Lip balm slap chapstick. My wife... My wife has like 20 chapsticks throughout the house and the car. I don't have any, so that's probably right on it. Talk about your feelings. Some guys are better than others. I think you're good at your feelings and self-care. I think you're good at those two things. Apparently, you hate your own lips and don't care if they chap off your face, but your feelings, you're pretty good about communicating. You know, if, if uh, Mary and I are going to have a romantic weekend or a romantic uh, time, I do use chapstick then, just so these lips are as tender as they can I be. Wanna, I want to thank you for giving me an image to fixate on for the rest of my day. My pleasure. Uh, stretches. Like uh, Pilates is dominated, and so is yoga by women. You get better mobility, range of motion, injury prevention. Sometimes when you're talking on the show, I actually do um, some sort of calisthenics. Do you? Yeah. Do you? You can't. What is the name of your yoga position? I call call mine head slamming indoor. What is the name (laughs) of your yoga position? I'm just stretching here and, and listening intently. It's Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter 
recruiter's powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.